And I am glad you're here this morning. We got the sermon series, Get Out of Jail Free. And uh, last week we talked about breaking free. And we talked how, you know, the devil starts off with seemingly innocent things, you know, things that are even legal. You know, whether it's smoking or drinking or if you go to a different state, well, <laughs> hey, in good old Wayne County, we're growing pot <laughs> in Wayne County. Oh, my goodness. Let's not even go there. <laughs> you know, I heard a guy say one time, why would God want me to do what he's having to set everybody else free from? You get that? I mean, if, you know, if, if God wants, you know, wants us to get high, well, why is he having to set these people free from it over here? <laughs> it just don't make no sense. So anyway, we talked about their different sins, and some of them was really, wasn't that bad. They, you know, they were legal maybe even, but, you know, they didn't look that bad. They was acceptable to society, all the sports people and the beautiful girls in the world. They all agreed to it, and, you know, and uh, they advertised it on TV and stuff. And then there was others that wasn't legal or anything, but, you know, they, they did manifest uh, some bad things in our lives, Right? And then we talked about some, some other ones that was just hard and heavy. And, and, uh, and what I was hoping that you understood last week is, is these little seemingly insignificant decisions in our life, they can end up being out of control. And they can end up being things that we just did not expect in life. Right? You know, it, it's hard to imagine that that turns into this, but that's just the reality of the enemy. That's just it. So today we're going to take that uh, one step farther, and I'm going to preach on staying free. You know, after we, and we, uh, and this is really for all those that come to the altar last week, and, 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 and even if you didn't come to the altar, staying free. After I have come to the altar, after I have put my trust in Christ, after I've seen that this direction that I'm going is not the direction I want to go, and you have made a decision to go the other way, how do you do that? What do we do now? If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew 11, 28. We'll start reading there. Matthew 11, 28. So we're talking about staying free. So important. It's one thing to ask God to deliver us. It's another thing to walk in that blessing. It's one thing for us to say, I, I, know, I know a man, and he's just a couple years younger than I am. And I have known him. Well, I went to school with him. He's a couple years younger, and I, and I went to school with him. And uh, years ago, after I hadn't, I hadn't been saved just a year or two ago, a year or two, and I was talking to him about the Lord and stuff. His dad goes to church, and I said, uh, well, you know, are you, are you saved? No. I said, you don't believe in Jesus? Yeah. I said, but you're not saved? No. See, it's one thing to believe 
that we should come to church. And it's another thing to actually come to church and be involved. It's one thing to believe in tithing, another thing to tithe. So, and it's another thing to say we believe in Jesus, but actually be saved. And it's another thing to ask God to deliver us and set us free and be free. I wish, I wish every person could be instantly delivered. I wish it was that way. But in the dispensation that we live, it's not that way. No. No. And I hope last week when I mentioned that, uh, uh, and you'll just have to get the CD if you, if you want to hear about that. But I hope when I mentioned that just in my own life, I never thirsted or for drug after that time of prayer when they prayed over me. I hope you just didn't think that my friends instantly quit coming by. <laughs> and instantly I had no temptation after that because that's not what I meant. I meant was I didn't thirst for a drug or a drink after that. Meaning that, yeah, it was there. But I didn't thirst it. And some of you can relate to that and some of you can't. But is anybody thirsty this morning? This is like the coldest water. This is super cold water. I mean, it's like, I think Ori might have even put a little lemon in it. <laughs> See, it's one thing to, to be able to say no and not have that thing wrapped around your neck all the time. Right? And I mentioned a few weeks also ago also that see really what Jesus done when he is on the cross? He bought and paid so that we all could have a choice to serve him, to be a child of God, and to live right. I wish it was automatic, but it's not. God wants it to be that way. He wants everybody to be saved, which we heard, we've heard many times. So this morning, we're going to look about staying free, and uh, this is a yoke. This right here is a yoke. Now, some people think that the collars was a yoke, and I did, you know, quite a while back before I'd done some research on stuff, and I asked George, I said, uh, hey, is there any, you know, with all the Mennonite people around here and stuff, and of course, I love the Mennonite people and the Amish people, I mean, I love them both, but uh, I said, surely there's some callers around here. And George asked a few of them around and said, yeah, they've got all, they've got them, you know. But they're going to use them. So we couldn't borrow theirs. So, and I borrowed, Kay Shell brought this and she wasn't using this, she said. So, so thanks to Kay that, uh, that she brought that to us. But, uh, but, but here's the deal. Let's go ahead and read this scripture. And then we'll talk about, about the yoke, okay? Matthew eleven twenty eight. we'll start there. And Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, I, know, I knew I wouldn't be able to get past that scripture. Now, think about this just for a minute. If you lived in New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, anywhere, and you put an ad in the, ad in the one ad and said, New discovery found. Come to me, all who is weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you think would ring that phone? How many thousands?
thousands and millions would, would call that number just hoping. Is it true? Can I, really, can I really have peace? Can I really have comfort? Can I, can I really be, can I really be restful? Well, is it? Yes. It goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. Then verse 30, it says, he says, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. So this is a, this is a type of yoke that Jesus was talking about. Now, it's interesting about this yoke because, as you can see, it's made for, you know, two animals. And I tried to find the perfect couple that heads would fit through there. <laughs> Wilson? <laughs> Lucas, it's a good thing you're not married, buddy. <laughs> I would have you right. <laughs> not really. Uh, but anyway, so this is a yoke for two animals. Okay, now the interesting thing about animals and us as human beings also, we're not completely alike, but we got a few things. So, so there's two animals here, two individuals there, but no matter what, one of these will be dominant over the other. And it, <laughs> sometimes that's a struggle in marriage. But God has set it up, just Bible 101, that in God's eyes, there should be a man and woman here in marriage, and the man is supposed, to, is supposed to be the head of the household, so he would control. If this was a ship, he would point the direction of that ship. Hopefully, spiritually is what we hope, but he would move spirit, the whole family spiritually toward the things of God. So this is what... Part of what Jesus is talking about, about this yoke, and also young people, that's why the Scripture says don't be unequally yoked. Because, and I'd really like to do this. <laughs> Lucas, if you was on the payroll, buddy, I'd, I'd have you up here helping me right now. <laughs> okay, and, and this is why, young people. Let me, let me show you this. Because if you're unequally yoked, if you're married to a non-believer and that non-believer wants to go over there and you don't want to, guess what? You're going to go over there anyway. It don't matter where you want to go, okay? That's why it says don't be unequally yoked, you know? So two Christians and you both follow God. That's what God wants for you, okay? All right. Now, the, uh, so that's this part of it. So this is what Jesus was talking about, about his yoke, uh, being easy and his burden being light. But now, this is still, this is just two animals. This is just two wild animals. And, you know, it could even be just two individuals, just however you want to, however it fits in your mind. But see, here's the thing that we really need to understand that this here, all it is, it's just a yoke. And you've got two wild animals or two individuals, and there is nobody gu guiding this ship. There's nobody telling them where to go. They just roam and go anywhere they want to. Now, 
here's the thing. I don't know if this will work or not. Now, here's the thing. What Jesus is actually talking about, the reason his yoke is easy is because, see, whenever Jesus, whenever Jesus is guiding you, he'll guide you into good things. He'll guide you into his blessings. He'll guide you where the love is, where his mercy is, where his blessings are, where you can sleep at night. That's where he will guide you. Now, the devil won't do that. John 10.10, if you don't know that scripture, I encourage you to memorize it. It says that the enemy, the thief, talking about the devil, came to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, where do you think that yoke of bondage, that yoke of sin, where do you think the devil's going to lead you to? I'll tell you. Drugs and alcohol and the depths of sin and sorrow and regret and all that stuff. And when you die, you don't have no Savior. When you die, you're standing before God and God says, well, what do you have to say for yourself? What about all the things you've done in your life? What are you going to say? I mean, are you really going to say, I'm sorry? But let me tell you, if you, if you've, if you receive Christ, very simply... If you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you have something to say when you stand before God. You have something to say. So, you stand before God. God says, what do you have to say for yourself? I have nothing. I am guilty as charged, but Jesus paid my bill. Amen. 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 It's true. It's true. So, here we have... We have, these, we have these two animals or two human beings, and one's dominant, but the one that is really leading them, we choose that. We choose, come here and help me, somebody. Lucas, come here just a minute, buddy. All right. I'll let you be the good guy, okay? All right. This is Jesus. And this is the devil, and you better not, you follow me. See, I'm going to try to lead you over here into a mess. Junk, divorce, adultery, pornography, anything you can imagine. I'm going to try to lead you over there, and my, my yoke is not easy. I'm going to kick you. I'm going to lie to you. I'm going to do anything I can. I'm going to use your friends. I'm going to use the TV. I'm going to use the Internet. I'm going to use anything I can to mess you up. Because that's what he does. Is there anybody here that can attest to that? Amen. Amen. Now, what's Jesus going to do? I picked the perfect person to do this. He's quiet. He's humble. If he wants something, he'll just quietly ask you. You know, he'll, 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 he'll try to help you. Just real, won't he, Mark? He will, won't he? He'll just quietly help you. You know, he, will, he, he, he wants good things for you. Amen. Amen. But not me. I want bad stuff for you. Yeah. Right? That's true, isn't it? Yeah. It is true. Okay, thanks. Thanks for this. Amen. So, see, we choose. <laughs> 
I know it's hard to believe. Why would anybody choose this over here? This mean, hard, steal, kill, and destroy, the father of lies, the God of this world? Why would we choose that? We do. But this is what God wants us to choose here. The good stuff. The good stuff in life. I got a couple people who's going to come and help me here. Help me here. Josh, Josh, go ahead and come up, buddy. Josh Borgman's going to help me just for a minute. I want to share a couple scriptures with you as he gets up here. 1 John 3, 8, it says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy this. Let me ask you something else. Did he succeed? There's three people in here that's saved. (laughs) Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Did? (laughs) I know. You're wanting to get out of here early, aren't you? I know. I know. I know. You're wanting to go eat. I know how it is. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Did he succeed? Yes, he did. But the devil didn't want this young man to know that. No. He was he was involved and he was he was getting led the other way. Isn't that right, Josh? Yes. Yes. And just in just in a few words, where did you end up and find yourself at? A life of sin. I was going to jail all the time. Going to jail all the time. <laughs> so you was like a regular. Well, not to the same jails all over the place. <laughs> that did sound a lot better, didn't it? <laughs> and and then what? And then what happened? From going to jail. I yeah. Ended up in yeah. Rehab. Yeah. Um, I finally realized that I needed God in my life. Yeah. I needed needed a Savior, and I threw my hands to Him, and He had broken all my chains. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Amen. Okay, after you made that decision, and after you came to God, and you received Christ, okay, how did you change your life? Well, I had people calling me all the time, trying to get me to do things I shouldn't be doing, and I just so happened to end up losing my phone. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't remember any of their phone numbers, so that was pretty easy. Yeah. And um, I, my, my parents made me come to church when I was younger, and I finally wanted to be here. Yeah. Um, and how long ago was that, Josh? 
that was probably four years ago. About four years ago. About four years ago. Awesome. All right. And um, I can keep a steady job now. Yeah. I mean, my whole every, everything's changed. I sleep at night yeah. instead of running the streets. Yeah. And you've got a beautiful wife? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Now, for all you liberals out there, I'll argue with you. It is never wrong to make your kids go to church when they're young. I'll draw a line on that. (laughs) You can let them scream and cry all you want to, but man, if they're not in church when they're young. Uh, Bear, go ahead and come up here. Brent Gregory, I always call him Bear. Most people don't know him when I say Brent. Let's see. I might have to tell him like I tell Ori, the short version. (laughs) Well, me and Bear, we go way back, way, way way back. And, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to talk. You talk. Uh, where uh, Where did the devil lead you to? Where did your junk lead you to? Uh, he led me right straight to prison. Just yeah. almost straight to hell is what he did. Yeah. And how long was you in prison? Uh, first time about 16 months. But I was lucky then. I, uh, I got saved while I was in there. Yeah. Come out. and Feds come around, you know, about four years later. And they uh, give me, I was in there another seven years. But here's the thing, people. Once I got saved, I was free. I was free on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took all that garbage out of my heart. You know, when I first went in there, I couldn't wait to get out, go to get these people that snitched me out and all this stuff, you know, and get back to my crowd. But, but it's hard to describe but just being free on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I was locked up, you know, I was free. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I'll never forget, whenever Bear got out, uh, it just so happens we was uh, building an Apple store, and then we went down to McLeansboro and completely remodeled another one. And I'll never forget, hear these old cars pull up. Bear, he'd be outside working, doing something, and these old cars pull up. And I knew, <laughs> I knew who they were, and he knew who they were too. But, and uh, more, more than one occasion, why... They wouldn't be there no time. And finally, I said, Bear, what, what, what do they want? He said, well, they're wanting me to go with them. He said, I invited them to church, and they didn't stick around long. <laughs> Isn't that right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's so, right. <laughs> some, of them would, some of them would come, you know, but uh, most of them, they'd get gone. You wouldn't see them no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I tell you, I do really appreciate uh, Bear and his faith walking. And, and this is, I'm going to tell you one reason why. is because... Uh, he served a little stint there, but then the feds came back, and, and he hadn't had a bad drug test for a long, long, long time. And he was bringing his kids, to, his, his boys to church. He was coming to church and serving and stuff. And we was actually at church camp, Orchardville Church Camp, uh, serving uh, me and uh, Bear and my wife and Chester Hedden and uh, I think Randy Huff was with us, I think. John might have been with and John, I think, yeah, John, I believe he was with us, yeah. And uh, we was... Uh, we was serving food at church camp, and, uh, and when they come, when feds come to arrest him, which he, had, he was here over there every Sunday, so they knew where to get him. But anyway, they come in uh, SWAT team style, 
helicopter over the house, and busted in the front door, busted in the back door, handcuffed his mama, threw her down, handcuffed him. And you know, really the sad thing, and this, uh, th- th- this goes a long way with forgiveness and resentfulness and blaming God for things. But if they would have come after him the night before, they would have had to come to church camp to get him. So, got anything else you want to share? Well, you know, uh, while I was waiting to be sentenced, knowing I was getting ready to go do 10 years, I got a chance to forgive the guy that, that told on me. Him and his wife come into a meeting where I was at. And you talking about getting rid of something. That was the best thing I ever done for him and for me and everybody yeah. around, just to go up and, and let that guy know yeah. that I forgive him, you know. And, uh, yeah. and one other thing I got for everybody, just try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <clears throat> I'll never forget, uh, you know, when in, in federal prison, uh, I don't know, after he had served so much time, he'd have to go before a federal review board. And, uh, and Bear says, just basically, just like you see on TV, you know, these, these, uh, these people sitting here at a desk, and here you are, and they're looking over, well, you know, asking you all these questions, why you think you should get out and why you feel like you're rehabbed and why you're ready to meet society. And, uh, and Bear told me, he said, uh, he said, in my last one, he said, I knew it wasn't going good and I didn't think I was going to get out. And then he said, there's one lady says, uh, Mr. Gregory, I see here you send some checks to the first Christian church in Wayne City and the Orchardville church in Orchardville. And he said, as soon as he heard her say those words, he knew he had it. <laughs> and he did, too. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, when, when I would get those checks, Bear, I hope you don't care if I tell this stuff. Go ahead. Okay. All right. When we'd get those checks, there's like for a dollar and a nickel. I don't know how much Orchville, I mean, I'm sure. And Bear always told me, he said, well, I feel like I need to tie to both of them because they both send me all kinds of stuff and help me and minister. We went to see Bear one time, and, uh, and we got there, I think, was it in, is it in Kentucky? The other, way over there by West Virginia, wasn't it? Anyway, we went to see Bear, and Mark and Kay was there before we got there the same day. They was already there. <laughs> we wish we had known that. We could have rode together and... And stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, the things we have to do, we're about out of time. I'm almost done. Stay with me just for another minute. We have to prepare to stay free. And if you don't prepare to stay free, you'll be in trouble. You know, the praise team, they prepare, I don't know how many countless hours they prepare through the week. And the reason they do that is so that when we all come in here, they can enter the presence of God and we get to go with them, but primarily so that there's no distractions. So when God is speaking to you, there's no distractions. Some of you might want to know, why was Pastor Mark so adamant about not having little kids in the auditorium? It was because 
when God, so when God was speaking to you, you wouldn't be distracted, which is more, which will, you know, we want to hear what God says, right? That's right. That's right. There's some things we have to do. We have to do our part. God will, he, he will send his son to die on the cross for you and pay for it. But you have your part too. You have your part too. Just a quick example. The children of Israel, they had been in bondage for 400 years. And God wanted them free. So what did he do? He led them out. He led them out of that bondage into freedom. But yet, because their heart was turned against him and because they were rebellious, most of them never received what God wanted for them. And I hope it's not that way for us. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one other thing. I am so sick and tired of hearing people say how hard it is to serve the Lord. I might even come down here and say, I am so sick and tired of that. You can't tell me that love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and financial blessings, you can't tell me that's hard. No. I'll tell you what's hard is when the devil leads your young person, your child, and they get thrown into prison. That's what's hard. I'll tell you what's hard. When you walk around your entire life and you've got bitterness and anger inside of you, that's what's hard. So don't ever let the world lie to you and tell you that living and following Christ is hard. That is a lie. Unless, boy, I wish I had a fence up here. The most uncomfortable place for a Christian is riding on top of a fence. You guys are a lot of you under farmers in here. Do you know if you're riding on top of a fence, you got one leg on this side and one leg on this side. And you will be the most miserable Christian there ever is. I'm not, I'm not saying that you won't go to heaven. I'm not saying that you're not forgiven, but what I am saying is that you will not walk the places God wants you to walk. You will be so miserable sitting on top of that fence, wanting to go this way, needing, knowing you need to go that way. We can walk above that. We can walk above that. Stand up with us, please. Praise team. Glory to your name. Praise you, O Lord. God wants us. You know, I, I started realizing... You know, really, it's several years ago now that God is calling his church higher. He's wanting us to walk higher. You know, the scripture says that Jesus is coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. That's what it says. You know, the scripture also says that we will do greater works. We will do greater works than what Christ did. Mm. We need to get ready. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to quit messing with this little old trivial. These little old trivial stupid stuff, that stupid internet. Shut that thing off at 8 o'clock. All this other stuff. Pastor Mark. Sipping Christians or slipping Christians? The only way a beer tastes good is if you drink a lot of it. 
tell me, oh, it just tastes so good. Yeah, sure, yeah. Unless they've changed it in the last 30 years, it don't taste good. You know, I'll tell you what. My daughter's back there, Kelsey and Kelvin and Myers over there. Oh, I don't even know if I can talk about that. She was two years old when I got saved. And that was two years of her life that I missed. See, that's where the devil, that's what the devil wants. He wants you to have all these regrets. All these sorrows and mess with this junk that don't mean squat. If you have a need this morning, if you need strength this morning, please come. How many of you got a card when you walked in this morning? Grab that card just for a moment. Next week, I'm going to talk about the price of freedom. And I'm going to tell you what to do with that card today and this week. But you'll understand next week, okay? Right now, you don't have to write it on there. You can later if you want. But right now, I want you to mentally attach a name or a family, an individual, someone that needs delivered, set free, whether it's from sin or anything else underneath that category. You know, it might just be a good person that's never received Christ. What a shame would that be? For some of our good friends that are good people and they're just friendly and kind, but they don't know Jesus. So right now, just attach a name to that that card that you have. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit every day to pray for them. Don't pray long. Just pray for 60 seconds that God will open their heart and open their mind. Will you do that for me? Say yes if you will. Now say no if you're not going to. Next week, that's what we're gonna, I'm going to be talking about, the, the price, the price of freedom. Please come if you have a need. Thank you. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.